Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to launch into our Round 7 Rapid Review this morning, heading into Bloke in Bar Studios to record the big review uh, over the next few hours. So stay tuned for that. We've got a new special guest, which I think you guys will really enjoy having him on. Bit of a wild card, but I'm super excited uh, to be having this guy on the show. So very, very keen for that. I think you guys will like him as well. I know you guys will like him because you've heard him before, uh, and I know that you guys like him from the numbers that we get on the podcast. So very, very excited for that that today uh, but our rapid review uh, we went th- we go through each and every game during the weekend the morning of the game give our quick little preview and give a same game multi uh, for that game if you are following all of those this weekend and if you put $10 on each of those same game multis on all eight of them uh, you would have come up with $190 profit uh, this weekend so did pretty well there hit the Sharkies on Thursday night we had Mulatalo and Sifatalakai into Sharks 1-12 to Manly making a huge comeback in that game to get that one over the line at 12-25 and then last night uh, the Melbourne Storm game we took the Melbourne Storm to cover the line of 19.5 into Jerome Hughes and Ryan Pappenhausen. Anytime try scorers, $14.75 there. Uh, so, yeah, if you had a tenner on each of those games over the weekend, $270 sitting in your account, $190 profit. So, good little week. If you do this every single week and you had $10 on every single week, $190 profit this week, which means you're only down a lot so far this year. So, take your little Ws when we can. Enjoyed this weekend. It was good. Hit the first and the last game in between. A couple of close calls, uh, but pretty grim all round uh, in, the, in the middle of those two winners there. A little winner's sandwich, four rounds. Seven. Uh, let's get into the rapid review here. Though I want a heap to go through, a heap of very interesting games. We kicked off on Thursday night, as we said, with the Cronulla Sharks, uh, thirty-four to twenty-two over the Manly Seagulls, thirty-two nil at half time. Uh, to the Sharks. It was an incredible performance and huge performance by our boy, Sivitalikai. We've been talking about him for a very long time and, you know, we've always said that he's got all the potential in the world. It's just about getting that that, that consistency right. And, you know, Sif has now done this three and four weeks in a row against, you know, some pretty high-class centers. Uh, obviously, Morgan Harper gave him a real bath the other night. Feel sorry for Morgan Harper. He's obviously lacking a bit of confidence. He's coming off the back of having COVID, which, uh, you know, I think people are probably overlooking that a little bit. I know when I had COVID for the next week or so, I definitely wasn't myself. I definitely wouldn't have been ready uh, to play first grade at rugby league. I wasn't really ready to do my job, to be honest with you. So I feel a bit sorry for Morgan Harper uh, when you're coming off COVID, when you are lacking confidence and you have to come up against probably the most damaging and the most confident center in rugby league right now. Uh, it was never going to end pretty. I know a lot of people say, oh, 
Yeah, but look at what Cooler did in the second half. I mean, if, if you if you actually watched the game of football and you actually kept track of the stats like the way that we do, you'll actually see that Siffy didn't get anywhere near as much ball uh, in the second half. The possession evened up. I want you to consider that um, in that game... It was 32-0 at halftime, yeah? So Cronulla had a heap of ball in the first half. The possession ended up being just slightly to the Manly Seagulls. So what does that tell you? It tells you that in the second half... Uh, sorry, the possession was just slightly the way the Cronulla Sharks, 51% to 49%. means that Manly got a heap of ball in the second half. So as much as Cooler did a really good job and he's a really good defensive player... It's not like Morgan Harper was a 34-point player, yeah. So I think people have been a little bit harsh on Harper. He'll go back to reserve grade. He'll work on what he needs to work on. Uh, But yeah, spoke to his family over the weekend, and he took a little bit of time away from social media because uh, the amount of people talking was just fucking ridiculous. And some of the things that were being said, I couldn't believe personally. Um, He played poorly. He knows that. He got hooked at halftime. He's well aware uh, that he played poorly. He probably doesn't need a heap of strain just putting the shoe into him whilst he's down. So I think we can be a little bit better all round on that front. But Sivitalakai, he was incredible. What a performance from him. Um, I was talking to a random stats guy. And the way that he does his team of the week, he takes... Every single stat that guys have on the weekend, he puts them into his formula. Uh, he comes out with a score. So, for example, Nathan Cleary, that game against the Canberra Raiders last week. Um, uh, sorry, not against Canberra, uh, against who, 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 whoever they played last week. They abs- he absolutely brained it in. Nathan Cleary scored 176 points, according to random stats, guys. Uh, point system there that he does. So 176, a very big number. Nathan Cleary, I think he scored 150 or something in Supercoach. He absolutely killed it. Um, 176, though. Talakai was on 171 at half time the other night. So to think what Cleary did in a huge performance the week before for the Penrith Panthers as a halfback, Talakai did it as a center in a half, which is just insane. So we can lock Talakai into Random Stats Guy Team of the Week, which we'll have him join us again this week to talk about that. Um, you look at the Sharkies, they broke 28 tackles in that game. Uh, Sifa and Molotalo accounted for half of them. So pretty crazy what's going on down that edge. And it's really good to see a team utilize a strike edge like the Sharkies are at the moment. Uh, a lot of players in this competition that are edge players that just have supreme talent, but they don't get enough ball. The way that Cronulla is using Sifra at the moment, I just think it's so impressive to see what Nico Hines, Matty Moylan, all these guys are doing. And, mate, if Sifra stays on that left edge for the rest of the season at centre, you're still going to put Wade Graham back into this side, who's one of the best ball players in this competition, let alone best ball playing um, edge forwards in this competition. So that side's actually just going to get better and Siffa's just going to have more opportunities so I know people are talking about him as a cash generating thing in Supercoach I think he's going to be a keeper I think he's going to be available at CTW in a few weeks and mate, I think he's going to stay in teams all season and he's going to have these games every few weeks and I think he's low end ability I mean, you're probably looking at a 40, 45-point game on a quiet day for Siffa. Uh, that's just the sort of guy he is at the moment. So, incredibly impressive. Um, the most run meters by the Manly Seagulls, Garrick, 210, and then DC and Foz, who went for 130 each. Uh, so, DC and Foz going for 138, so they were second most, which is pretty damn crazy. Uh, Manly's entire starting pack 
ran for 400 metres. The halves in DCA and Foz ran for 260. So a uh, few worrying stats there. Manly did well to get back in this game, but I personally feel like Cronulla were just so good in the first half. They sort of took their um, foot off the pedal there. So, yeah, very disappointing for Manly. It might have only been a 12-point loss or whatever, but uh, it was a pretty demoralising loss there for me, for the Manly Seagulls. Uh, the next game. Brisbane Broncos, 34 over the Bulldogs, 14. Brisbane, uh, the Adam Reynolds show, he was incredible. Uh, just so good to see Ren Diggity play this way. And this is part of his game that you probably didn't see enough at South Sydney. The way that he beat the Canterbury Bulldogs, he beat him with grubbers, chips, cutout balls. He he just did it in a heap of different ways, which I absolutely love watching in the championship moments. Uh, we know that, obviously, Brisbane, they haven't started the season incredibly well. There's been a lot of chopping and changing um, with their whole team. Uh, but it's good to see Reynolds delivering in the way that we hoped that he would. Uh, I don't think he was overly helped by his hooker in this game, Billy Walters. I've always liked him as a nine, but there's no doubting that he overplayed his hand a little bit the other night. And uh, I think the Pakes has probably got to jump into this starting nine role now. Realistically, I thought he was really, really good. Um, Selwyn Cobo, we said the other week when he broke out of the in goals of to me, that was like his moment where he went, fuck, this is where I belong. First grade is where I should be. Uh, and I thought he was just so impressive in this game. He's just got a new confidence about him. He's got Katani Staggs in front of him. Staggs hardly got the ball because Selwyn Cobo was the guy to go to, and I thought he was very impressive. Um, yeah, there was a moment there in that game where it was sort of in the balance. Matt Dufty got an inside ball off Matty Burton, I believe it was. He knocked the ball on. Brisbane went down and scored the other end. I reckon if Dufty holds that ball, this game could have potentially gone another way. But uh, that's the way the rugby league is, and especially in these close games, it can be those little things that can break games open. So disappointing for Duft. Thought he bounced back really well the last few weeks after a very, very disappointing uh, performance a few weeks ago. Had an absolute shocker. Uh, Fifth tackle options from Brisbane. Not fantastic, let's be honest here. Uh, They definitely need to improve. Uh, I thought Kiraz that came on for the Canterbury Bulldogs, he was sensational. I thought Aaron Shop, he was great for Canterbury. His his defense on Katoni Staggs was really good. And shout out to Tamari Martin who returned in this game. Um, a great story. He's always been one of my favorites, Tamari. And uh, yeah, hopefully he can move his way into this team even when uh, you see Tessie New come back. I think there's a world where Tamari could end up in the six uh, alongside Adam Reynolds. I think he's one of the more talented players at this club. He's just got to get football under his belt and that's what we said at the start of the season. So, um, yeah, really like, love to look at tomorrow. Martin thought he looked good the way that he ran the ball. You wouldn't know he was coming back from a brain injury a couple of years ago. So congratulations to tomorrow. An incredible effort uh, to get back to where he is. Yeah, obviously, a, an injury to Payne Haas during this game. He sort of carried through with that. So we'll see where that's at. I haven't heard scans or anything where we're going with that. But, uh, yeah, Payne Haas, he's just an incredible performer, isn't he? Despite his injury, he was just so good for Brisbane. He's an absolute freak. So good win for Brisbane. Unfortunate for the Doggies. Hopefully, Brisbane, they can build off the back of this. And it's crazy. I mean, they've been so far from impressive, Brisbane. Uh, they're ninth. They're sitting in ninth right now, which is unbelievable. Uh, I, you know, when I looked at the ladder, I was a bit taken back. And I don't know whether I should be or not, but I was just surprised they're sitting in ninth because it feels like they're so far away from their potential. And they've still got so much to work on. Uh, so exciting times up there in Brisbane. Hopefully they can build off the back of this win. Uh, another Queensland team that did very well. Well, one Queensland team that did well, another one that was pretty poor. North Queensland Cowboys, 30 over the Gold Coast Titans, four. Uh, Cowboys, very 
impressive. As per usual, their halves really stood up. They were great. I think Drinkwater just said to Todd Payton, you can't leave me out of this side. I'm simply too good not to be in this team, and I have to be the fullback. Uh, I've been saying it for a few weeks. I think Hammery has to be in this side somewhere, but I don't think it's in the one jersey. As long as Scott Drinkwater is fit, I think he needs to wear the one. He just adds too many dimensions to this team not to have him in there. It's tough, though, because... Where do you play Hammer? None of the other guys deserve to get dropped for me. So it's going to be very interesting. He was on the extended this week. So you'd have to think he'll play next week. Uh, I know hearing Todd Payton talk, he was very close to playing uh, like sort of during the week, they thought. So you have to assume he'll be there next week. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he comes into that side. Hopefully it's not at fullback. I just, I can't see a world where they can possibly drop during quarter. But Knowing Todd Payton, uh, he can get up to some pretty random shit. So we'll have to wait and see how that goes. What about Nanai in the air? He is just something else, isn't he? I don't think there's anyone else in this competition like him. And, you know, I've seen him over the last few weeks score, I think, six tries off kicks, uh, which, like, kicks in the air too. For a, for a second row to be doing that, I'm not even sure who else I would compare him to, to be honest with you. Uh, he's still very raw. He's still got defensive issues. He still has little lapses in his game, but he's also just got this rare ability that not many other guys have in rugby league, Jeremiah Nanai. And this is why people were... When I, when I was talking Highland Lukey, every, everyone up there at the Cowboys that had seen a lot more than me was saying, I'm telling you, Nanai, Nanai, Nanai. I still think Lukey's going to be a gun, but this Nanai, he's just got something else that... You just can't defend what he does. He's just incredible. Uh, the Titans, uh, they obviously moved Fafita to center. I didn't like this. There's a few guys that moved to center this week that I wasn't a huge fan of. I know it's easy to say in hindsight at 30-4, to four, but I just I didn't like the move from kickoff, to be honest with you. Um, I just... I don't know why you move your best asset around like this. If you picked him as your back rower from the start of the season, he's your best option as a back row. I just don't understand moving him around but you know it's a weird time with injuries and COVID and all this sort of stuff so we'll give Bennett for the doubt to the Gold Coast Titans but losing this one by 26 points very disappointing for the Titans Um, I'm big on you know be patient with these guys and you're going to have wins that you know aren't really going to make sense you're going to have losses that aren't going to make sense but this is the first time I felt like the Titans were never really in the contest. I always felt like the Cowboys were the better team. Um, they lost this one by 26 previously. Their worst loss was by eight. So they'd want to pull themselves out of this very quickly because with a young squad, conceding a lot of points and not scoring many uh, could become a habit very quickly. So I hope that they can pull themselves out of that. I did notice that there was a couple of guys that returned through Queensland Cup this week. Jaden Campbell was one of them. So you'd have to assume he walked back into this side this week. He played for Tweed on the weekend in their loss, I believe. Uh, so Jaden Campbell looks like he will return next week and that will be much needed. Uh, the Rabbitohs took on the West Tigers the other night. I just realized I've got the score written down the wrong way here. Uh, the Tigers, very impressive. Hastings is having a huge impact on this team. Um, big impact on this team, just their direction, but he's having a huge impact on Brooksy, who just looks like a new footballer. Luke Brooks looks like the guy that we thought he'd be 10 years ago all of a sudden, and it's honestly happened in a two-week period where it's like he's getting out of bed on the other side now. And I think it's the influence of Hastings. I'm obviously a little bit biased. I've been a huge Jacko fan for a long time. Uh, But yeah, what he's doing at the moment is just incredible. This club looked like they were going to be in, in an absolute shit fight two weeks ago. There really wasn't a world where I could see the Tigers not getting the wooden spoon. All of a sudden, I'm starting to sit here and go, fuck, could this team give the top eight a run here? Like, are they that good? 
I, I know it's only been two weeks and there, there's so much water to go under the bridge, but the way they're playing at the moment is just so impressive. And they've won two close games, but they've been Parramatta and they've beaten the Rabbitohs. If you would have said to me three weeks ago that the Tigers, without Stefano and without Adam, Adam Dewey, are going to knock over two top eight teams like that, I would have said you're crazy. So very interesting to see how it plays out for the Tigers. Uh, I think Nofaluma, he's very infectious at the moment too. They're playing some great footy down that right edge. We sort of said in the preview that we thought they'd try and get at Tane Mill, and they got the first try through him, made a poor decision there, got himself simbined off the back of it as well. Um, so, yeah, really good all round from the Tigers. There was a moment there where... The Tigers were up 12-0 when they were versing 13 players. Then when Tane got sin-binned, they went down 10-0 against 12. And you just sort of thought, fuck, here comes Cody Walker and AJ. This left-edge machine is going to really click into gear. Uh, but the Tigers, they managed to fight their way back into it. So very impressive. Uh, strange what happened when there was 10 players off the field. Uh, the Tigers, they do not seem to handle 10 in the bins all that well, whether it goes their way or whether it doesn't. Uh, they've had some train wrecks this year in sin-bin moments. And they have really, like, all those stats that I showed you a few weeks ago, the Tigers have actually skewed a lot of them. And they would have skewed them even more off the back of last week. Uh, off the back of this week, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, Tigers, good performance. Bunnies, disappointing. Uh, but still... They played nowhere near their best. They made a heap of mistakes. They handed a heap of tries to the Tigers. They lost by one. So not panic stations for the Rabbitohs at all. I had a couple of people that said, oh, they won't make the eight now. I think that's absolute horseshit. Uh, they'll be there when the when the whips are cracking. Still got Latrell to bring into this side. I'm still not convinced on how their back line is going to line up. I think you'll finally see Isaiah Task given a real opportunity this week. And if I was Tane Milne, I'd be a little bit nervous about giving Isaiah Tass an opportunity because, as we've said since the start of preseason, he's a guy that when he gets in, I don't think he'll look back. So very interesting time. So then I thought Ilias, uh, obviously through the pass to the inside shoulder of Campbell Graham that led to the Luke Brooks try. Uh, very disappointing. Brooks, he went the length, which is great for him. But then you saw Ilias bounce back and he set Colum and Tungy up for a brilliant try to get them back in this game. It was a really good bounce back moment despite them not actually winning it. I thought that was a really good moment for Elias in his development. Of course, the game came down to the final play and Brooksy hit a one-pointer with Jackson Hastings standing in front of him, pointing back at Brooksy. So a huge confidence boost for Brooks and probably a moment uh, that he's deserved from the last few years after copying so much shit. So good to see the Tigers doing well and, um, yeah, good to see Madge being able to enjoy some wins and hopefully they can keep on rolling. I think they've got the Dragons next week. So Ben Hunt versus Jackson Hastings. Uh, two of the form sevens in this competition at the moment so very very excited for that one uh the newcastle knights at home hosted the Parramatta eels kp re-signs anzac day weekend sunny afternoon in newcastle i thought there was a sniff of an upset here to the newcastle knights how wrong i was 2-0 after eight minutes the next 72 minutes 39 nil to the Parramatta eels uh a huge win very very disappointing for newcastle i heard AOB essentially uh, just apologising um, to Newcastle fans, which you don't see all that often, uh, especially after a home game. Very, very disappointing how that one played out for Newcastle. They were really never in the contest, to be honest with you. And I thought Parramatta probably did them a favour by playing Dylan Brown at centre. I hate it when they play Brown at centre. I just think it's the most backwards, batshit, dumb move. I just I don't get it in any way, shape or form. And I mean, yes, they won on the weekend and he scored a try, but I really do think that how poor Newcastle were covers how much of a poor decision it is to play Dylan Brown at centre. And I understand it's good to have guys that are versatile. I get it. 
but you've got Ryan Madison in the squad. You've got Bryce Cartwright. You've got guys that can easily shift out to center and handle themselves. I just don't get this one. And you know the worst thing is? The only person it makes look bad, realistically, is Jake Arthur. Because people will automatically go, why on earth would you move arguably the form 5-8 in the competition to center and then bring in your son to play. Like, it just doesn't line up well. And I'm not saying that that's why Brad Arthur's doing it, because Jake's his son. But it just makes life very hard for Jake, because that's automatically what people think and what people suggest. So I feel really sorry for Jake Arthur, to be honest with you. It's an awkward little situation to be put in. I don't think it worries Dylan Brown all that much, but I think below the surface, he'd be a bit like, fuck, are you for real? Like, I couldn't be playing better footy than what I am right now, and I keep getting shafted like this. I I just don't like it personally. Uh, It just doesn't make sense to me, and I haven't really spoken to anyone that overly backs it. Um, So, yeah, I thought Isaiah Papali, we said on Bloke in a Bar last week that if he would have come from the Warriors this year and you, you know, and, and last year didn't happen, right now he would still be the buy of the year. That's how well he's playing. He might not be at the absolute levels as he was last year, uh, but he is absolutely killing it. Actually, I'll take that back. You'd still probably have Nico Hines as number one, but I'll tell you what, Papa Lee would be still be the most improved player in this competition, even if you erase what he did last year. What he's doing at the moment is incredible. I think we're just getting used to it now. But on the weekend, he played 68 minutes. Two tries, two line breaks, 150 metres, six tackle breaks, 31 tackles. That's in 68 minutes. An incredible knock. Um, If you just want an idea of sort of the big difference between these two sides apart from the scoreboard, Parramatta's back five, they all ran for 120 plus metres and all had more than 40 post-contact metres. Edric Lee was the only knight to go past 40 post-contact metres. So every single Parramatta back five player did it. Edric was the only one to go past 40 post-contact metres. Uh, the Knights didn't have a single forward to go over 100 metres. So in their entire side, including the bench, not a single forward went over 100 metres. When you look at Parramatta's starting forward pack, Sean Lane was the only one to go under 100 metres. So you can just see how dominant Parramatta were. There's so many stats you can look at to point it out, but that one, that really stood out for me. Uh, the Panthers played the Canberra Raiders from Penrith Stadium. Uh, 36 to 6 to the way of the Panthers. Uh, the Raiders were really good in the first half. They really pushed them. I thought it was a very good first 40, 50 minutes from the Canberra Raiders. Uh, they had Xavier Savage who got caught out early on that edge. But outside of that, they came up with some really good edge plays. They really worried the Penrith Panthers. I was a bit surprised how long it took Nathan Cleary to sort of adjust to the way that the Raiders were defending and start to put some kicks uh, in behind them and and attack in a few different ways. But, you know, they got there eventually. And it's scary to think that, mate, at, at the 40th minute, I was sitting there going, fuck, the Raiders have showed up here. They're playing some great footy. All of a sudden, you know, you walk away for half an hour, you come back and they've lost by 30 points. And the Penrith Panthers are running in tries for shits and geeks. They had two tries taken off them in, in the last 15 minutes or so, Penrith. So... You know, as well as I thought Canberra did, this could have quite easily been a 50-6 to game if the Panthers would have adjusted a little bit earlier and a few things would have gone their way. So, similar to last week, I thought the Brisbane Broncos played really well against Penrith, but then you switch off for 25 minutes and all of a sudden you're down by 30 points. They're just... They are insane. Uh, just crazy. 34-minute mark. Um, you know, obviously, I thought the Raiders did really well, yeah? At the 34-minute mark, they were down 12-6. Um... 
the Raiders have made 55 more tackles, yeah? So it's the equivalent of defending another 10 sets. And that's where the Panthers do a number on you. They kick early. They turn you around. They get their repeat sets. Uh, they win their six agains. And all of a sudden, you're having to make a heap of tackles. And you don't feel it at the time because you're up for the contest. You're ready to go. But then you get to the back end. And when you've made 60 more tackles, that's when it starts to pay dividends for the Penrith Panthers. Uh, I thought Sonny Luke, who came on, he was great hooker. Uh, I texted Denon the other day in the lead up to it and said, oh, this kid's on the bench. Keep an eye on him. He's a guy that could really blossom over the next few years. I didn't realize he was so old. I thought he was a lot younger than what uh, he actually is. So he's a guy that looks to have huge potential. He really had the Raiders on on the back foot there. Set up a great try uh, for Isaiah Yo. So one to keep an eye on. You've obviously got Appy Curacao leaving at the end of the year. Him and Mitch Kenny will fight it out for that nine jersey, which will be very interesting. Nathan Cleary's second half, uh, just incredible. Some of the shit this guy can do is crazy. Um, he's just an absolute freak. He's the best player on the planet for me. Nathan Cleary, take a bow. Unbelievable performance, and he just keeps on exploding in Supercoach. He's just crazy. I thought Stephen Crichton, three tries, obviously a really good performance, really took it to the Canberra Raiders, and I'm sure that Brad Fittler will be sitting there looking at him going, fuck, this guy can play center, he can play wing. Where do I get him into this side? I had Matt Burton in front of him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm starting to lean towards Stephen Crichton now, to be honest with you. I think I probably undervalued Stephen Crichton a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think he's really going to push for it. Penrith, very impressive. Canberra, uh, great for the first 50, but at the end of the day, pretty disappointing. They just couldn't get out of their own end, and I don't understand why they didn't change their approach coming out of their own end. Um, just, I don't know. It just felt like the one-out hit-ups were not working for you. If it's not working, why keep doing the same thing? You've got to change something of what you're doing, and that's where your halves need to get in or your fullback needs to get in and start to shift the ball a little bit. Uh, I just thought it was one-dimensional. They played straight into the Penrith Panthers' hands. I understand they're exhausted. I get it. That's where good halves need to come in there and move the ball around, shift it around, not make it so easy for the Penrith Panthers. And that's where I was a little bit disappointed in Jack. Obviously, Brad Schneider's a young guy, but Jack, um, he's probably better than that. So, yeah, bit of a disappointing performance from Canberra in the back end. I, I, I wasn't overly keen on how they carried on at the end of the game. Um, yeah, I mean... If they showed that that much passion coming out of their own end, probably could have done a little bit better. But uh, Raiders' first 50 minutes are definite improvement based on what we've seen, and they were really pushing the Penrith Panthers. And I'm starting to wonder week to week. I mean, Brisbane last week, do you, you know... If you hang with them for 50, 60 minutes, are they so much of a good side that that's just a really good knock, the same as the Canberra Raiders? I don't know. But we said it last week, Panthers, league of their own, and they showed it again. Uh, Dragons with an Anzac Day victory over the Roosters. We took the Roosters 1-12 to here. Uh, we thought it was going to be a close one. The Dragons, they were sensational. Uh, very impressive. The Dragons, they showed very early how keen they were in this game. They kicked on third tackle, uh, I think the first two sets in a row, uh, which they, they really show what they're about. Good kick chase, really put the pressure on the Roosters. Uh, there was a moment, and I got a couple of messages about this, because there's obviously a lot of people that don't like Ben Hunt because he dropped a ball almost a decade ago. Got another fucking lemon comment that on a post earlier today as well. Uh, but a lot of people don't, don't like Benny Hunt. I don't know if it's the money. I don't know if it's the grand final drop. I don't know what it is. But a lot of people not keen on Ben Hunt. I think he's turned a lot of people around over the last few years. But there was a moment where Ben Hunt got it. He kicked out on the full and, and, and he sort of blew up at his team. And I had a lot of people messaging me going, fuck Ben Hunt, selfish. That was his mistake. He kicked it out. What Ben Hunt was mad about in that moment 
Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Was that it was fourth tackle. They had the ball on the right tram line. And instead of them going to the middle of the field, they went to the sideline. Now, when you go to the sideline, there's only one way that you can possibly go the next play, yeah? The next play was last tackle, so it was coming out to Ben Hunt. It was on about halfway. They got to about 40 metres. So you knew on that next play, on that fourth tackle, when Andrew McCulloch was at dummy half, he knew what the next play was going to be. It was going to be a kick, and you from that far out, you're not kicking to a corner. You're trying to test out the wingers and the fullbacks. So you know it's going to be a floating bomb. So you want to give your halfback the best opportunity to kick the ball. When you take the ball over to the sideline on fourth tackle and then throw it back into Ben Hunt, who of course is a right-footed kicker, it just gives your markers an easy opportunity to come and put pressure on him. You kick that one out on the full. Yeah, it was a bad kick by Ben Hunt, but this is where it's so important. And if you've coached or you've played rugby league from like the age 15 or 16 up, especially if you're a halfback, you'll understand how important it is where you get tackled on fourth. If you're a right-foot kicker, the last Last thing in the fucking world you want when you're putting up a bomb from 40 metres out is for your guy to get tackled on the right sideline. It just makes it so easy. You quite often see the Melbourne Storm with Jerome Hughes, for example. Whenever he, whenever the Melbourne Storm shift right and he's on last, he will make sure that they get tackled about five metres in from the sideline. He'll go down the short side and he'll just bomb it straight back to the middle. When you're right on that sideline, you have to throw it infield. Your halfback gets it. He has to kick it off his right foot. He's trying to put up one of those spiral floating bombs. They're hard enough as it is, but with that pressure that if you watch it, I think it was Satili Tupanura at marker, his job was just made easy. So Ben Hunt, he's not blowing up because he kicked it out in the full and he's having a hissy fit. He's blowing up at his team because all week when they're practicing that set where they come from their own 30 and they get to last tackle and they put up a bomb, at no point ever would that fourth tackle play when they knew what was next gone out to the sideline? It was just dumb organising. It was a poor play by Andrew McCulloch. He is better than that. And I can understand why Benny Hunt was pissed off. In saying that, a lot of his fifth tackle op- options for the rest of the game were pretty average, despite him play- being the best player on the field by far and away. There was a moment for me in that game where they were up 14-0. They were starting to lose guys left, right and centre. Jack Bird, Jaden Sewer, all these sort of guys that went down injured. And uh, Ben Hunt didn't get a kick in. They turned the ball over. Uh, the Roosters went up the other end of the field. Sam Walker threw it to Radley. He puts Tilly Tupanua up. And at that point, I sort of thought, 
fuck, is this a turning point? Is that going to come back and bite them in the ass? But the Dragons, very tenacious, managed to hold on here. Uh, very, very, very impressive. It was an intercept by Zach Lomax that I thought was a massive play in the context of um, this one. That was a huge game. Francis Molo, very, very impressive. We spoke about him in the preseason on the weekly Rubdown podcast, just talking about if the Dragons have a few injuries and Molo is all of a sudden getting opportunities, he's an explosive forward who's a little bit different to all these other Dragons forwards, and he's just one to keep an eye on. Uh, so good to see him uh, playing to the ability that we know that he's got in him. Um, what else happened? Fiegai is an absolute weapon. He is so good for the Dragons out there. I want to give a huge shout-out to Moses Suli. Um this was probably the biggest game of Moses Sully's career. It's an Anzac Day at the SCG, playing against Joey Manu, and he got injured. I thought his performance was huge here. couple of big runs. He had a drop ball one stage, which wasn't great, but a couple of big runs. And on a whole, I thought he did a really good job on Joey Manu as well. Uh, video going around. I posted on my Instagram last night. Thank you to Mario from... Um, Crown Sports Management for flicking it to me. Uh, him going to see his mum after the game, hobbling over to her. He had no choice but to play out that game, marking one of the most dangerous centres, if not the most dangerous centre in rugby league. So congratulations to Moses Suley. Good to see. Uh, for the Roosters, uh, they're just not themselves. They're not winning the middle. The forwards are very, very disappointing at the moment. Um, yeah, it's and I mean... We've been saying for a couple of weeks that, oh, the Roosters just need to click. That moment's coming where they'll click. You can't click unless your forwards are at least squaring up in the middle, and they're not doing that at the moment. They're just out and out losing the middle, which is very, very disappointing for the Chooks. Um, I thought one little silver lining, there was a moment there, as I said, where Ben Hunt, he, he didn't kick the ball on fifth. I think it was a moan, turned the ball over. The Roosters went the length. They had a huge overlap. I think it was it was. James Tedesco and Joey Marner, they got run down. They had a huge overlap to the left, and Sam Walker got it. And you just tell Sam Walker looked up and just thought, there's so many ways we can score this try. Do I kick? Do I throw the seven-man cutout? Do I throw the two-man cutout? What do I do? And he just he just summed it up really quickly, which I love to see from a young guy like him who's got all the ability in the world. And similar to when Mitch Moses came into the NRL, he could do the cutout, he could do the chip, he could do it all, and you always want to do it. But just in this moment, Sam Walker got the ball and said, you know what, I'm in a good position to set up this try, but you know who's in a better position? Victor Radley, my third halfback on the field. He just zinged the ball to him, and Rad's just simple, three on two, got the job done. But Sam Walker, it's a moment where he could have probably thrown a three-man cutout, got himself another the try assist. They would have scored it anyway. But just a controlled moment, which I thought was really good from Sammy Walker to throw that ball out to Victor Radley there. Um, disappointing for the Chooks, no doubt about it. Personally, I think it might be time to move Angus Crichton back into the middle. I just think they lack too much through there. I don't think Nat Butcher's doing it for them. I think he'd be better out on the edge, and they need someone else in the middle to help them. Renner for Tony's running around in reserve grade. He might be another guy they look to. Uh, but at the moment, they're just losing the battle in the center third, and yeah, it's very disappointing. They're just, yep, they're not... I feel like they're not a team that's just a click away from working now. I think they're a team that really needs to work on their middle, and um, they need to get these guys up again. Uh, the Storm, 70 over the Warriors, 10. This game was unbelievable. 70 to 10. 70 points. It was just crazy. Um, you know, it was really close at halftime. The Storm, 
you know, they'd scored off a couple of turnovers and whatnot, uh, an intercept, a turnover in the first half. So I thought the Warriors were sort of holding their own. And then all of a sudden, just bang. I was talking, actually, I posted a thing about Ewan Aitken. I'll speak about him quickly. I just, I think he's such a good player. Uh, some of the defensive efforts he came up with uh, in last night's clash, very, very impressive. I posted a thing about him saying that there's should be 15 other clubs that are ringing his manager. There should be 16, including the Dolphins now, um, that should be ringing his manager to see what he's up to next year. Obviously, not returning to New Zealand. Spoke to him briefly after the game and um, sort of said to him, fuck, it's, you play the Melbourne Storm and you play well and then all of a sudden it's like you get stuck in quicksand and you just can't do anything. And he was like, bro, it's, it's exactly like that. They just, as soon as you, ju- you just lose a moment or a little bit of momentum and all of a sudden they put five tries on you. It's just crazy. We've spoken for a couple of weeks how... This Melbourne Storm team so far this season, there's been one of the big four that stands up every week and delivers. Mate, it felt like all four of them stood up this week. To do do what Ryan Pappenhausen did this week, considering um, that last week his ankle looked like a balloon, was just so impressive. So the big four of the Melbourne Storm, scary what they can do when they put it together. 70 points uh, off uh, against the Warriors team that... Mate, it was pretty close throughout that game. The early parts of that game was looking very, very tight. And then Melbourne just click into gear. And it's just impossible to stop their momentum down there at Melbourne. I feel sorry for them. Um, you know, at the 22nd minute, what was it? 12-6? Mate, at the 29th minute, it was um, it was 18-12. So in the last, what is it, 50-odd minutes, they, they essentially scored 50 points in the last 50 minutes. This is... From the 47th minute, this is when the Melbourne Storm scored. 47th, 50th, 52nd, 58th, 60th, 66th, 68th, 72, 77, 78. The longest gap they went without scoring a try in the last 30-odd minutes was six minutes, which is just unbelievable. Xavier Coates scoring four tries here, four tries. He scored a hat-trick in eight minutes, Xavier Coates. Uh, unbelievable stuff. We want to wish Dallin Matenis-Lesniak all the very best. That was a sickening head knock to the knee of uh, Nelson Asafa Solomon. I'll tell you what, there's not many knees that I'm happy to fall into, but the last one I want to fucking fall into is Nelson. Just crazy. Crazy to think with Melbourne too. They scored 13 tries. They only kicked seven of those goals. So that's another 12 points that they left out on the on the table there. Ryan Pappenhausen, he, he went off uh, in, in about the 70th minute or so. It's got another three tries after that. He, he didn't kick all the goals before that as well. So uh, obviously coming in with that ankle injury and whatnot. So 70, it realistically could have been 80 if they hit all their goals. It wouldn't be unlike uh, an NRL team nowadays to hit 11 from 13. That's the sort of standard that goal kicker set for themselves. So disappointing for the Warriors. I didn't think they'd win this game, but if you said to me they'd get dusted by 60 when they were down by six with 50-odd minutes to go, I would have laughed at you. So very disappointing. Uh, Nathan Brown will be pulling his hair out, and you've got a feel for him because uh, the Warriors, I don't feel like they deserve that. I think they just came up against a red-hot team you know, big game, uh, the worst night to play them, essentially. So disappointing for them. But the Warriors, they will bounce back. They're a heaps better team than what that performance says. Very interesting. Next week, the Melbourne Storm, they take on the Newcastle Knights, who are really struggling for confidence. The Warriors play the Canberra Raiders at Redcliffe. So that'll be a really interesting game. Two clubs that really need a W there and will be desperate for it. Uh, the Raiders coming off. 
you know, a good performance, but they still got beat by 30. The Warriors coming off a pretty disappointing performance. Two teams that actually stayed in their game for the first 30 to 50-odd minutes and then got blown off the park. The Warriors more so than the Raiders, obviously, uh, but that will be a big one. Guys, thanks for tuning in to our Rapid Round Review. Uh, tried to go through all that as quickly as we could. What did we go? About 35 minutes or so. So thanks for tuning in once again, guys. Plenty more content coming later today on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.